Bears fans, this Friday edition of the CTO Bears podcast, my favorite day of the week because that means it is CTO Audible Day. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here with you, and someone forgot to silence his device. How's it going, Nick? Going good, Will. I, I can, it's not a good excuse, but on my tablet, I like taking notes, and I just kind of like hearing like the pen, where it's, it kind of sounds like pen to, or actual paper. So, you know what? That's my bad. I'm going to turn you off. No more film watching. The film watching's done. That's why we're breaking it down on this Friday episode, but that's why that was on. It's okay. I understand. (laughs) A little haptic feedback never hurt anyone. It's not like we haven't had sounds before. Remember when my Google Home scared the bejesus out of me like four years ago, five (laughs) years ago? We're like doing it for a coin flip on the show, and then it yelled at me halfway through, and I forgot it was in the room, and I thought there was like a ghost next to my ear. So I still have that (laughs) gift saved on my computer uh, over here too. But I'm glad to see you, Nick. I'm excited uh, to break down uh, another game here with you. Of course, Friday's episodes are our weekly in-depth game preview shows, all aimed to make you, our listeners and viewers, the most informed Chicago Bears fans on game day. Nick, I don't know if it's because we're getting closer to the holidays and the new year, or maybe it's the fact that the Bears have won back-to-back games, but we have some smiles on our faces here to start a Friday show, and I'm going to accept it. Yeah, it's uh, there's meaningful football being played in December, Will, and how this season started, where everything was at, it did not seem like that was going to be the case at this point of the year, but you know, it's still at five and eight, there's still an outside chance for the Bears, but look, they've been playing well the past four games, and now let's see what they can potentially do on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. It's going to be a really good game, and I really believe so, and we're going to preview it, and I expect the excitement by the end of this episode to be you know, up there for everyone watching, listening, and I think you and I uh, as well. Uh, just so in case you're not aware of like how these episodes work, uh, we're going to break down this game in so many different ways here. We're going to share our keys to success on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge, share some weekly X factors, bold predictions, and honestly, a whole lot more in between that. Uh, in the meantime, as we're getting this episode started, please give this video a thumbs up, a like. We would really appreciate those coming in you know early and often but nick to get into this preview of course i have to ask you bears browns what's that one-liner we're gonna it's gonna be a little bit more than a one-liner but it's the next test for Mm -hmm. for this bears team and you know i'll leave it at that we'll kind of get into why i believe that is the case for this game but what's your one-liner will i'm gonna go with an anime title demon slayer is what i'm gonna go with over here why And i just tweeted this out in order for the Bears to win three straight games, Justin Fields is going to have to exercise some demons here in Cleveland. The last time he was in Cleveland. I don't even want to think about the last time he was in Cleveland. His rookie year, his first start, that nine, what, nine, nine and a half sacks uh, that he had to endure uh, behind a, a terrible game plan, you know, a patchwork offensive line. And you know that going back to Cleveland and I think putting on a show and, and to some degree would really make things, at least in my eyes, Nick, come like a little bit like full circle from like the rookie year, everything we've gone through since we're back where it all began. And I think this is time to right some wrongs. No doubt. And, you know, Justin Fields was asked about that game, you know, three years ago, and he didn't have much to say about it. Obviously, he said he got sacked a lot. And even Luke Getze was asked about it, even though he wasn't here with the Bears. But Justin has grown so much since that first career start. So it'll be it'll be interesting and, and just fascinating to see 
you know, that growth going back to Cleveland. It's mm-hmm. a tough place to play, and the Browns have been good there this season, so it's going to be a fun watch. It is, and Dan here in the chat made a really good point. That was his first loss in Ohio. You know, Mr. Ohio State mm-hmm. over here, you know, balling out uh, in the Big Ten, Justin was before he made it over here to the Bears. So very excited to kind of get into this episode, uh, as you know. And Nick, I know you're going to be making this trip, right? Yep, leaving Saturday night, so it'll be first time uh, going to that stadium, so looking forward to it. Yep. We've been past it before. Uh, you were sleeping we were, oh, the last time we went past this stadium in the car. Uh, we were at going to the Bears, uh, the Hall of Fame game, uh, as well as the Brian Urlacher Hall of Fame con- you know, uh, induction over in Canton, and we came up to Cleveland, went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. Nick was in the back seat just nodding off as we're passing that Brown Stadium, so I was going <laughs> to let you know this will be like the first time you get to see it in person. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Well, I, I probably was snoring. Uh, yep. I mean, we have to go some. Yeah, you makes sense. That video? You don't remember it? Um, Now that, yeah, now now I do. Now I do. I, I definitely know there's a video out there. And we're, you're, we're just gonna keep you were rocking my car, man. The car was rattling <laughs> uh, with those snores. Hopefully no snores for the Chicago Bears offense. Let's get in our keys uh, for this side of the ball. Nick, key number one for offense. I'll let you begin this week. Yeah, so my first key is just eyes on the linebackers. When I'm watching this Cleveland Browns team, um, it's not even Miles. Obviously, Miles Garrett, you got to keep eyes on him at all times. But <laughs> don't diminish. Lineback- yeah, exactly. Um, the linebackers here are are aggressive downhill players, and I'm gonna try not to butcher some of these guys' names because again, they are uh, really good players. But Jeremiah Wosu, uh, Jeremiah Wosu, uh, can't even pronounce the, the last part of his last name, but. Dude, you watch number six. That dude is flying around. They'll have him mugged up at the line of scrimmage. A lot of times he's blitzing. A lot of times he's dropping back into coverage. Uh, You also got to watch out for number 44 as well. So they like to utilize those linebackers, put them at the line of scrimmage, and make the quarterback think. And I think what's going to be the best way the Bears can take advantage of them is to more so have them playing coverage as opposed to downhill, coming after the quarterback, blitzing, Justin Fields, but that was the first thing that popped just watching the Browns and Jaguars tape. A lot of times Trevor Lawrence said that Jaguars offensive line, they didn't have answers for those two guys. Mm -hmm. So definitely have to watch out where the linebackers are at at all times. Yeah, that Browns defense on third Mm -hmm. down especially loves to dial up some pressure and just be extra, extra aggressive, send more guys than you can block. And if things were just how they were in 2021, you didn't, have to send extra because Miles Garrett was hard enough to block uh, as it is. Uh, but my very first key this week, uh, you're looking at the linebackers. I'm kind of licking my chops a bit, looking further on and, and looking at this Brown secondary. Uh, because for me, I mentioned, you know, Demon Slayer is kind of like my theme here. Uh, a strong way to do so uh, for Justin specifically would be putting together a strong game through the air. And I think the Bears do have a chance to do so here this week with the injuries that the Browns have in their defensive backfield. I mean, that secondary, it's a little bit depleted. I know Grant Delpit, he's out now. He went on IR this week with a groin injury. Uh, they've also been out their starting uh, free safety, Thornhill. He was a DNP. Mm-hmm. This week, he didn't play last week, so the Bears should be facing, most likely, again, 
uh, two backups at safety in D'Anthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman. And Delpit, it's just a big loss here for the Browns. He's their leading tackler with 80 tackles. He's one of their best players in coverage. He's one of their best players in run support in the box as well, playing in the slot. He's like all over that defense, and the Bears are catching a little bit of a break here uh, without him out in the field. Now, of course, they have Emerson Jr. out there playing corner, and he's been playing some very good ball. Last week, he shut down Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones with Emerson in coverage. But what I like, at least what I see from the Browns defense, is they kind of keep Emerson on one side. That's kind of like going back to like mm-hmm. the Kyle Fuller days for us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Prince Mukamara, one side here, one side there. Not a lot of flips, flop, or anything like that. So for me, you know, maybe you stay away from Martin Emerson Jr. You go pick on the other side. And I know uh, over there, too, it's not going to be a cakewalk by any means, uh, but you can find favorable matchups over here. And when you're looking at like players to watch, I want to see more Cole Komet. I've been saying this almost for a month now, but it's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, this is because Evan Ingram just kind of popped off against the Browns last week, right? 11 catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. I feel like the Bears can find similar production with Cole Komet. I know they're technically two different types of tight ends. Evan Ingram's a little bit more leaner, a little bit more of like a shifty wide receiver build, and Komet's more of that prototypical tight end. Uh, but I think with his athleticism, his ability to break tackles and get yards after the contact, and honestly just how Cole's been implemented in this offense. I feel like he is someone that can win some of these matchups, especially with Delpit out because he's usually that safety that will go up and cover these tight ends. So the Browns have to find some answers there. So take advantage uh, of this wounded secondary. And I know this entire Browns team is wounded, Nick. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we've had seasons like that in Chicago. So I I understand the frustration uh, that must be happening over in Cleveland. But the Bears need to find a way to take advantage uh, of having some key guys down, especially two starting safeties. Yeah, no doubt. There have been times this season where the Bears have been down their two starting safeties. It doesn't make life easier for a defense when when that's the case. Um, you know what? My my second key kind of goes with what you were saying, Will. And, you know, it's just value the football. And Emerson did get mm. two interceptions last week against Trevor Lawrence. There was some miscommunication, too, with, with some of those plays. It was weird what was going on with that Jaguars offense. But value the football here. And, and I say that because just going back, watching that game that the Browns did win, uh, last week at, at home like Lawrence was also missing some some big opportunities I thought just some throws that were mm-hmm. a little off and you know there's going to probably be times in this game where Justin is off on a throw but you can't you can't have that be consistent throughout a game and the miscommunication that was happening last week for Lawrence and his receivers that can't be the case with Fields and DJ Moore or Darnell Mooney we saw a little bit of misconnects with with Darnell Mooney in, in the game in the victory over the lines, but we need to clean that up to see them have their best version of themselves. And look, Fields has been relatively good these last couple of games of not giving away the football in terms of interceptions. So that needs to continue in this one, because those interceptions last week really took the Jaguars out of their element, took them out of their flow and ultimately gave the, the Browns a good chance of winning that football game. But if the bears can just embody that, that mantra of just, value the football which is obviously something that they talk about on Saturdays they even have meetings like do not give the football away this is going to be such a huge thing going into the game like clearly so that needs to continue in a hostile environment against a defense Mm -hmm. that will be opportunistic at times so value the football they do that the Bears are going to be in a good spot yeah you have to take care of this football Uh, the Browns on the other end give the ball away more than any other team Uh, and I'll give more information on all that later on the episode Uh, but I'm right there with you ball security should be a priority this week uh, and it's going to be a big one for it so really good key there Nick 
My second one, and I'm not overthinking this week. I'm not trying to get too cute. Sometimes you have to state the obvious because it just is so damn true. And that's why my second key, which probably should have been the first key, uh, is contain Miles Garrett because, I mean, the dude's a monster. What's 2021? He faces the Bears. He has four and a half sacks that game by himself. So Braxton Jones... You're officially put on notice. You have a real, you probably, you have the toughest test of, of the entire season. I'm not going to say probably. This is going to be his biggest test of the year. But so far, Braxton's been playing very well. Uh, I just I haven't really dug into all these like numbers, uh, but I did so this week and I was actually very impressed. Like the ninth highest graded offensive tackle and pass protection, protection this season. Top 10. Okay. 12th fewest pressures allowed of offensive tackles that have played at least 450 snaps this year. I mean, that is not bad for a guy that was just drafted last year in the fifth round. Uh, obviously, you still want to help Braxton Jones when you can. We don't need to put him on an island out there with Miles Garrett all game long. You can't help him all the time. He's going to have to win some of these mm-hmm. matchups himself. Uh, but still, this is going to be a matchup that could make or break the game. And then their other edge player, too, Agbo Akorunquo, uh, he's also not going to be playing. So being down another starter should help the Bears put more attention, if there is such a thing, on Miles Garrett than maybe they were planning to uh, initially here, too. So for me, uh, again, this is an obvious key. There isn't really, I don't need to go through all the data saying, oh, you know, Miles Garrett is PFF's highest graded pass rusher. I mean, he is 94.3, and he has a league high win rate at 25.5%. He has 58 total pressures, 11 quarterback hits, 33 hurries. Like, there's the numbers. You know, I love numbers, uh, but Miles Garrett sometimes just supersedes just the stats uh, of what he can do. So for me, contain him, do your best to make him not, you know, wreck the game uh, like we saw a couple of years ago uh, would just be the best and clearest way that I can explain this key. No doubt. I mean, that's that's uh, I'm sure when the Bears are watching the tape, it's like, where's 95? Mm-hmm. And, you know, all eyes on him. Like, you, it doesn't matter where, where he's lined up or even if it's just a decoy. You need to give that attention to just an all time great right now. And Tevin Jenkins was asked in the locker room, I think, believe it was on Wednesday, like, who are the best players you've played against? And he mentioned Dexter Lawrence, but he's like, Miles Garrett will be the number one after, you know, facing because he didn't get a chance to face him in that first matchup a couple of years ago he was uh injured during that game so he didn't get that opportunity when he was a rookie Tevin Jenkins will get that opportunity now because like uh the comment earlier Garrett will line up literally everywhere on that defensive line um real quickly before I get into my third key I know Gary brought up Denzel Ward dealing with that injury but obviously a guy that you got to factor in he's a good corner he hasn't been as mm-hmm. good this season as opposed to to other seasons but definitely a factor in this one not forgetting about him Gary uh my last key though when I look at these running backs, they just got to bring the full package for this game. Will and I think that's in blitz pickup running on the edge, I think could be a good way for the bears to get yards on this Browns defense. There's just times where maybe it's Garrett looking to get that pass rush going. You can exploit that by actually mm-hmm. running towards it when he's pinning inside. So there are a couple times, not only in the Jaguars game, but the game before that, where they played the Rams in LA where this there are opportunities on the edge to kind of get those those end arounds, even the jet sweeps, but also just some some plays, some stretch plays to the edge. So I like that for the running backs. But I think whether it's Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman, it kind of seems like Khalil Herbert's been fizzled out a little bit here. They just got to bring the full package when it comes to this Browns team. Because going back to the first key, those linebackers are going to blitz. You need to identify which guys are actually blitzing, pick them up. And then when it's your opportunity to run, hit those holes, get to the edge, and 
turn up feel because I think the running game, what the last last game, it wasn't as effective, I would say overall, but I think we need to see a little bit more of that in this game, especially with the defense they're playing against. Makes a lot of sense to me. And, you know, when you play a team twice, especially how the Bears ran the ball in the Lions the first time, and we talked about this last week, we expected some, you know, regression towards the norm a little bit there. Um, but still, it should be a, a focal point uh, for this offense, so much so that I'm looking at my notes of watching the Browns defense. And my number one note, Nick, just so we're on the same page, was you can run on the edges against this team. Mm-hmm. So look at look at that. All right. So my final key for the Bears on offense, I, I just want them to stay true themselves and just lean on their strengths and what makes them good. You know, the playoffs, like they're an actual possibility. I, I am so happy. It is December 15th, and I can say that. And I know it's not the most likely of outcomes. I know there's a lot of work to do between now and then, but the fact that we can still say it, Considering how the season even began, to me, I mean, it puts a smile on my face. And so the Bears should not take this chance, I I think, lightly. So what they need to do is whatever they can to win all of these remaining four games. And the best way to do this is just to be self-aware, something that, you know, we can question at times if they have been this season. So I'm just looking for the Bears here to play their game, not the game that the Browns want them to play here on offense. You know, let Justin continue to run in a safe way. And obviously... We can go in the other direction of like, you know, if he's going to get hit regardless and whether or not it's going to be a flag. And Nick, you did a great job uh, on your article this week on LCHO.com, diving into all of those numbers. So if you want more information on all that, head over there uh, and check out Nick's work there. Um, but like you, don't abandon a run. The Bears, they have gone over 100 yards in each and every single one of their wins this season. So if they can run the ball in this game, which I believe they can, on the outside, that should really help. Uh, And again, I mentioned Delpit being out and how he's a good run defender. That should help, you know, the Bears inside of the box. He's also as corner or at safety going into the nickel, someone that does help set the edge over there. And and so he's going to be someone I think the Browns do miss uh, in that regard. Get DJ Moore involved. He has nine targets in every single win this season. Obviously, best playmaker on the team. He needs to get those touches. Same thing with the Komet. He has at least five targets in every single win besides the Raiders game. Raiders, by the way, crazy, uh, but I'll just classify that uh, as an outlier. But again, just to summarize this key, it's not something that I'm going to just throw a lot of stats our way. It's just more of just this is not the week to, for the Bears to try to be something they're not. No, it's a good point. And I think um, they're they're going to continue being who they are just based off of how they've kind of approached this week. They're not changing anything because they're, they're now on a two game winning streak. They're kind of had the same approach that. You know, even through the difficult times, they have the same approach now. But he mentioned that uh, that Raiders game. Hey, the Raiders going out and stealing the Bears play for that touchdown mm-hmm. that they had where they line up the quarterback and have the, you know, the Wildcat go score off the left edge. Bears are doing good things. Other teams are recognizing it, too. Uh, for sure. Uh, that was uh, I saw your tweet here this morning and I was like, wow, the last time I saw that would have been what the Philly special that the Bears ran first. Technically, yeah, they they ran it in like a meaningless game against Minnesota mm-hmm. at the end of the year that eventually came up and, you know, the biggest stage for the Philly special. It's crazy. It, it, it sure is. I, I do want to address the there you go. You mentioned in, this, in the actual chat, too. But Connor, I saw that that chat come up on the screen of finishing that semester at grad program. I mean, that's big. So congratulations. Like, I know that yep, takes a lot congrats. of work. Nick, you've been there uh, explicitly. Uh, so congrats on that. Way to celebrate. You're doing it in style, joining us here on the CHGO Bears yeah. podcast. But congrats, Connor. 
really good stuff. All right, let's take our first time out, Nick. And on the flip side, we're going to share our keys to success for the Chicago Bears defense. But my big question as we get into this timeout is, are you in the market for a new vehicle? And if you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake, is making room on their lot for incoming 2024 vehicles. And you know what that means. You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock during their limited time wrap-up this year sales event. For a limited time, get up to 15% off a new 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees with dealer discount. At Ray CDJR, you will always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket. And you'd expect thanks to Ray's price promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. But that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at their service center. At, or mention CHGO when you book online at RayCDJR slash service. Hurry in. You must book before December 31st, 2023, so by the end of the year. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team that we would recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, uh, visit RayCDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR com serving the community since 1963. Boom. Awesome. And of course, right now it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something that we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. That's right. Well, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have you know, one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. I mean, that sounds great. So what should business owners do? Yeah, I got you. So they can go to ComEd.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. And if you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. You know me. I have to make sure I get things down correctly. Did you say comed.com slash clean? I sure did. Now go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Awesome stuff. Of course, this is CHO Bears Podcast. Little Whitnick with Moriano here for our weekly in-depth Chicago Bears game preview episode. We shared our keys for the Bears offense. We're switching our focus over to the Bears defense right now. And I'll begin with my first key, which is bring Flacco back down to earth, a.k.a. Let's get some pressure on this guy. Uh, now, he's only played a couple of games, five touchdowns, two picks, uh, but he's also been able to come in and kind of keep this Browns offense kind of rolling on, on schedule, in rhythm, and he's playing like the experienced quarterback that I would expect someone like Joe Flacco to play like after a little bit of a break, a mental break, a physical break. He's out there playing some pretty good football. Now with Yannick, you know, when he, now that he's done for the year, the Bears, regardless of that fact, they need to find a way to create pressure against Flacco. Uh, this season, uh, again, small sample size, uh, but 8 of 23 when pressured this year. That is only a completion rate of 34.8%. One touchdown, one interception. And so if the Bears can just find a way to get at him uh, at a good clip, I feel like this Browns offense are going to struggle to move the ball through the air. Uh, and what makes it difficult 
uh, is that this Browns offense loves to utilize play action. They love to get this ball out quick. And so if you're going to create pressure, it's going to have to happen, you know, pretty darn quickly after that ball is snapped. And if they fail to get, you know, Flacco pressured, then again, you have a highly experienced quarterback sitting back in the pocket. If that happens, he's going to play pretty well. His completion percentage this year jumps up to 62% in clean pockets, four touchdowns, one interception on those clean throws. And the Browns, I mean, beaten, battered. Uh, that's how we've been looking at them so far. They're going to be out starting tackles. Jack Conklin, they're without Jedrick Willis Jr. Rookie Dewan Jones is also now out due to a knee injury that requires surgery. So on one side, we're going to get an offensive tackle too. On the other side, we're going to be facing a third string offensive tackle. So yes, using Ngakwe hurts, uh, but the Bears defensive line as a unit has been playing well. It's the perfect game for Montez Sweat to dominate and make some game-changing plays himself. I know you have Miles Garrett on the other side. Show the NFL why you're also a premier pass rusher. Uh, so I think the Bears have favorable matchups across the board. So I'm looking at, you know, Justin Jones, Javon Dexter, Andrew Billings here. Uh, the Bears should be in a position to create pressure. However, the Bears, uh, the Browns quick pass game kind of strategy couldn't negate that a little bit. Yeah, no, well, it's going to be, uh, look, it's a great opportunity for this Bears defense going up against some backup tackles and to kind of build off of your first key. I have also applying pressure, but you got to do is showing, I think different looks because mm. you mentioned Joe Flacco, a guy that has probably seen everything at this point in his career and coming in, you know, these last couple of games, you can tell that on tape. He knows where the blitz is coming from, knows mm -hmm. where he needs to get his checks downs to know his limitations to and throw the ball away. So there was a couple of plays though, where the Jags, they, they got Joe Flacco. There was a nice nickel blitz that Joe Flacco had no idea was brought off the right edge. That nickel corner hits Flacco. He gets the fumble. So that's what I want to see the Bears do this game. And they've actually been doing wrinkles of it the last couple games, especially these last four, just being a little bit more creative with how their defensive fronts are looking. You're seeing Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards line up on the line of scrimmage, and you don't know exactly who's blitzing. You've seen at times where Jaquan Brits Brisker and Kyler Gordon have come off the edge. So, I want to see more of that. Put more guys at the line of scrimmage. Have Joe Flacco have to identify exactly what Maddie Reflus is actually doing with his defense. And I, I really like the idea of having Kyler Gordon come off the edge and blitz. I think he's really good at that, takes proper angles, and can finish plays if given the opportunity. So I think that's going to be key in this one because, look, Joe Flacco is going to get the ball out quick, like you said. And he does have some playmakers in Cooper and Njoku and just some of those safety nets if the Bears do bring extra pressure. But if you do it a little bit differently, as opposed to just having Montez Sweat go off the edge, which, again, that could work every time, especially with backup tackles. But I think if you do a little bit of creativity with this, I think you can get a veteran quarterback like Joe Flacco. So let's see some creativity with the pressure. I like that a lot. And uh, there actually was a comment on the screen right when we transitioned between keys. Uh, from the account just saying that the Brown center uh, is also also out on Sunday with that Jesus stinger. I know he's been Christ. DNP. Uh, so I'm glad uh, that, uh, you know, the stinger is affecting him enough that he's already labeled as, you know, out for this game. So then you're down to only two healthy starting offensive linemen uh, on that front five for the Brown. So uh, another reason, I mean, you look at, you know, Dexter Jones billings here, Pickens, kind of eat on the inside too that could really play uh in the bears favor uh so i'm excited to see that it wasn't in my notes for like i'm gonna mention this now because i wanted to see how that injury report kind of shaped up but that's good news for the bears nick 
Yeah, so I think their backup center is Nick Harris, a 6'1", 293-pound guy out of Washington, fifth-round pick. Trying to see how many games this guy's actually he played. played a, but... I think he played a little bit last week, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, and what oh, I yeah, saw from him, too, is like getting getting out of, in space a, a decent amount. So like when the Browns, they also like to run wide. Uh, when they're trying to get yeah. out there, he's pretty agile uh, to get in space. And I heard even at the announcing team saying like, oh, yeah, they use them as like the backup fullback sometimes this season, too. Hmm. So okay. he, he has a little bit of, you know, moves to him. But doesn't mean he can't overpower the guy, right? Usually that's sometimes the, the strength is like the compensation for being more agile uh, up front. So something to monitor uh, for sure. Uh, but another lucky break here for our Bears. All right, let's get to my second key, which... My favorite one of the entire episode. No joking around. You know, that's right. You know, get it. It was stop that tight end. Uh, but the Bears, why I have Njoku as like someone I'm circling here is it's twofold. One, number one, he's a dangerous player. Uh, and number mm-hmm. two, I'm gaining a lot of confidence in the Bears corners abilities to kind of stop some of these wide receivers. And we've seen it over the past month or so, shutting down St. Brown last week. Nobody popped off from Minnesota a few weeks ago. I know St. Brown did some good damage against the Bears the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'm going to, I will mention that, but even going a week further with Adam Thielen, who's playing really good football at the time, the Bears did a good job of making his impact pretty modest here too. So Murray Cooper, who's only catching 50% of his targets, Elijah Moore, Yes, he's capable, but he's not really on like my radar of like someone that can break this game for the Bears. Uh, that's why my attention's really on David Njoku here. He has the most catches on the team with 59, 600 yards. He also leads the team with four touchdowns through the air receiving, two of which came last week. He has had eight or more targets every single week besides two since week five. So you know he's going to be a focal point of this offense. He's going to see this football a ton. They use him all over. He's in the slot. They're running screens with him. You're just going to see a lot of David Njoku here on Sunday. Uh, Last week, six of eight, 91 yards, two touchdowns. He was like the life force of that offense. He's hard to bring down. He has a really good stiff arm. Uh, So the Bears need to bring a little bit of that physicality back his way uh, or else they're going to have a real tough time keeping this Browns offense. I mean, from moving the chains and also out of the end zone here too. So the Bears over the past few weeks, I thought they've done a great job of limiting tight end. Sam Laporta, we shut him down twice, Nick. We shut Mm -hmm. that very promising rookie tight end down twice. TJ Hawkinson had... Good production, um, but it wasn't back-breaking production over there from Minnesota. Uh, so I want to see the Bears continue to find ways to limit the tight end, and I think it's very important this week with Njoku. It's a really quick nugget. I asked Jack Sanborn about his fourth and one play that he made against the Lions, and they had Laporta block him, and then they also had the polling guard come up and try to block him. He beat both those. And like, how good did it feel to not only one make that play, but you it, you it was Wisconsin over Iowa crime there. Like you, you made Laporte look <laughs> fun, and he's like, "I'm not gonna lie, I felt pretty good." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll give you that one, uh, Jack." But no, great play, and um, <laughs> no, they've done a really good job with the tight ends. I'm going backwards with my keys because you're setting me up so perfectly. Well, um, love it. My my uh, third key, which I'm mentioning second, is just limit the yards after the catch. And Najoku mm-hmm. was the guy that I was watching. And you mentioned that stiff arm, like, even if it's just a short play, like, he is a big physical guy. And if you're, you know, a smaller defensive back, the Joku's going to be a guy that's going to try to take, uh, just take advantage of that opportunity and be physical with you. But there were just a lot of plays in that game last week against the Jaguars where they're just guys running free after the catch. So the Bears just really need to do a good job of 
one, having sound tackling, going back to the fundamentals like we always hear about with this Bears team and not allowing shorter plays to become mm-hmm. explosive plays. They can do that, then obviously they're going to set themselves for more opportunities to be in third and long situations as opposed to third and short where any option is there for, for an offense. So that's going to be really big in this one, just going on the road, making sure you're making tackles, Gang tackling, too. I think we've seen a, a much better job of the Bears just being a bunch of players around the football as opposed to one guy having to make the tackle. Now you can have one guy make the tackle and one guy go for the strip set or the, the, the fumble punch. So there's a lot of good things that are happening from this Bears defense. But, you know, a lot of guys, too, are always just saying, like, it's because we, we're still believing in that hits principle. You hustle, the intensity, all that stuff to where there's not just one, there's many guys there and they're making plays. So, but to go back to what this key is, limit yards after the catch. Do that, you'll be in a good spot. Just letting you know, I, I shouldn't give you any tips, but next time we play Madden, if we're playing the newer one, you just hold L1 as you're making a tackle, and it sends everyone else to converge on the ball carrier. It's pretty cool. A little gang tackling action here. So that's what the Bears should be doing here uh, this week. My final key is very similar to that, um, but I'll take it uh, in a little bit of a different direction, uh, which is to attack this offense. So like I put attack, attack uh, as my last key here. I want to see this Bears defense fly to the ball. Nothing easy. Uh, literally put nothing after contact. See ball, get ball sort of mentality here this week. Uh, I mentioned they love to run wide. They love to run to the outsides here too. They really heavy in that play action, the quick passing game off of the play action. Some of those rub routes with some of those twin wide receiver sets too. So there's going to be a big need for the Bears to remain aggressive and just to be attacking downhill uh, against this Browns offense here too. Got to limit that yak, as you said. Uh, but for the Bears, if they if they miss tackles or if they can't close uh, quickly after some of these catches in the flats, I mean, we've seen it before. It's long, sustained drives. A lot of the time gets shoot off off the clock. Uh, and this Bears team usually would end up giving points to the other team. Uh, but what we've seen over the past month is this Bears defense's ability to be a little bit more aggressive, uh, especially making some of these tackles uh, that we saw miss earlier this season. So we just need to see more of that here this week. Uh, it goes back to, I, I think you've said it a few times this year, like the fundamentals, just, just tackle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to do that. Sometimes that's what it comes down to, Will. And so let's hope that the Bears can work, you know, utilize those fundamentals in this game. Uh, my last uh, key here is actually probably a, a fundamental here is just communicate. And I say that because if you go watch the Browns game against the Jaguars, yes, they put up a bunch of points. Um, you probably look at Joe Flacco's stats looking pretty good against that Jaguars defense. But there's also three of those touchdowns where nobody, and I mean nobody's around, Njoku for two of them. And then one was in the middle of the field. I forget exactly which Browns player scored the touchdown, but it was a breakdown of communication. They had a trip set to the right. And for whatever reason, the wide receiver just came open in the middle of the field and literally he could have walked down the middle of the field and scored. But <laughs> it's those things have not been happening with this Bears defense. And you go back to the first sack of the game against Detroit. You watch how Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson maneuver through the routes and pass guys off. It was, mm-hmm. it was that's art. That's art to me and you will just seeing that kind of being executed like that in the bears. They, ha- they haven't had those coverage breakdowns. And again, I think it goes to having the continuity in the secondary and just being, you know, overall just playing better football at this point of the year. So if they can com- communicate well and limit those types of huge play breakdowns that the Jaguars couldn't, 
and I keep saying this after every keep, the Bears are going to be in a really good spot on defense mm-hmm. to really limit what the Browns want to do offensively. So communication, communication, communication. Keep that up in this game. They'll be in a good spot. A couple questions before we move on. One, if Brisker is unable to go, uh, I know he's been, you know, dealing with some stuff here this week and how the Browns like to operate and our keys. I know I'm throwing a lot at you here, but how confident are you that the Bears could overcome Brisker being off of the field and, and still be successful enough on defense to win this game? I mean, the dude had like, what, 6,000 tackles last week? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Brisker's presence is, uh, it's hard to replicate. Um, and if you're Elijah Hicks, it's going to be tough to, one, to have the the confidence that he's going to make all the plays that Brisker can. He's also just been in good spots defensively. He, should, he knows he should have had an interception in that game against yeah. the Lions, but you know, I think they obviously can still manage, but it, you won't have that force. That like Br- Brisker throws his body in there. It's not that he doesn't care. It's just that's how he plays. So it definitely would be a loss for for the Bears. And I guess we'll have to wait and see what um, the injury report says. But he's still dealing with that groin injury, so it would be a blow. But given how how well this defense has been playing, someone's just gonna have to step up, and that means maybe you have to get your pressure you know, even a second faster than, than you would because you don't have a guy like Brisker there, like Elijah Hicks. You need to be in your lane. Just do your job. More, more than anything, do your job and don't do too much. But it would be a loss, no doubt, because Brisker, um, he's a force, and he is mm-hmm. literally everywhere. 17 tackles is no joke, so um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what his status is. Yeah, and Leon asked who it would be, and you mentioned a couple times that would be Elijah Hicks out there if Brisker's unable to go. And yeah, I, I know he had all those tackles. That's what that's who took him away from TJ Edwards, and that's why I lost that parlay that I <laughs> sent you over the weekend. That would have been a nice payout. One leg. It's only that final leg, too, uh, of the parlay. Yeah, I was like, why? Like, who's getting these tackles? Because, and then of course, oh, Brisker's and it's only it's only like single solo tackles, right? It's not you, it's not the right. the combo. It's not the I don't assist. think it's like total. Oh, that's a tough one, Will. No, that it's was okay. a tough one. It's okay. <laughs> we, we don't have to uh, dive into all of that, um, but damn, uh, to say the least. All right, let's take our second time out now, uh, and I hope you enjoyed their keys to success for the Chicago Bears defense. Uh, Nick, I'll hand it over to you here first. You have to tell everybody about Midtown Athletic Club. I feel like everybody at CHGO is stopping by there at this point, but they have four Chicagoland locations, Palatine in the Northwest suburbs, you have Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the Southwest Suburbs, and the Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. But Midtown and, and Palatine, actually, you guys, has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Our listeners can actually lock in a favorable rates if they join before the end of the year, so you still have time for that. And look, there's something for everyone at Midtown Athletic Club. There's whether you're single or your family with kids, people looking to make lifestyle changes or holistic wellness. They have a little bit of everything for anybody. And some, like I said, some of the people here at CHGO, they've been there. And all I've heard them say is that Midtown is truly next level. So you have to check it out. And some of the features of the club, uh, they have the, the arena, the high-intensity interval training, amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs. They have it all really there. So you have to go check it out for yourself because I'm not doing it justice. But you can head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. 
All right. With Empire today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they have copycats, but Empire just can't be beaten on quality, service, speed. So, competitors advertise low quality products that Empire simply will not carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that honestly they wouldn't be putting in theirs. So, they keep shopping floors uh, for simple uh, with a curated product selection. Empire's philosophy is to help you find what you need, not to overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes what they leave out is just as important as what they put in their selection empire's product team exhaustively comes through thousands of product samples each and every year to find the perfect styles shopping for floors at a big box store that can be frustrating you might talk to someone today who was just literally working in plumbing yesterday flooring is all empire today does they live and breathe flooring so you can be confident that you're getting honest upfront advice. They also service their own warranties. So if an issue does arise, just call Empire and they service those warranties themselves. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number or anything like that. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive $350 off when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. All right, we're going right through this game preview episode. Peanut says, hey, punch that like button right now. Help this number go up throughout the episode. We do appreciate it. And hey, a little peanut punch to the like button. Never heard anybody. Heck, maybe you would fumble uh, a little bit if he didn't do it. All right, let's go ahead and get into our X factors for the week. And Nick, I'm going to pass it over to you. Uh, what is your X factor this week? I'm excited to see which direction you take it. Yeah, so my X factor is uh, any pressure the Bears can generate outside of Montez Sweat. And mm-hmm. I say that because obviously with Yannick Ngakwe going out, people are going to have to step up. And when Matt Eberflus was asked about Yannick going down, who's kind of the, the guys that are going to step up, you know, the first person he mentioned was Dominique Robinson. I think, I don't even know if he's been officially activated to the 53 at this point. But also, it's got to be Demarcus Walker, and that's the guy that I look Mm -hmm. to. That was the guy that, you know, he's the first one they signed. Like, this is going to be the versatile defensive lineman that generates pressure for the Bears. It hasn't really worked out to that extent at this point, but now there's going to be more on his shoulders, especially rushing outside. But, you know, then Irafluce also mentioned, well, Javon's going to get more reps. Zach Pickett's going to get more reps. Everybody and their grandma is going to get more reps. But (laughs) there's we just need to see – where this pressure is going to come from. And I talked about earlier, if they want to be creative with it, that works as well. But you do need to see some of these other guys on the defensive line, win those one-on-one matchups, step up in place of Ngakwe. And he didn't, he wasn't having the greatest season, Will, but still a veteran that is now, I think he ended the season with 69 career (laughs) total sacks. Nice. Yep. Yep. But still a veteran presence who knows how to play the run, knows how to obviously rush the quarterback, but we just need to see how the bears can, generate that pressure and that's why it's my x factor can't just be montez sweat or i guess it can be but it would be nice if there are other people involved too especially with only two starting linemen for the browns up front like you have what should be favorable matchups that you can win and impact this game so i'm right there with you even if it takes sending a few extra Go back to one of my other keys of like, you know, flying downhill and attacking. That would need to be beneficial uh, in that regard. But I really like uh, the X factor and I think it makes a lot of sense uh, because if you let 
Flacco sit back there. I do think with all of his experience, he's going to find an open receiver. Uh, You're not going to show Joe anything he's ever seen before, uh, how long Mm -hmm. he's been around this league. So good key or actually good X factor there, Nick. My X factor for this week is the turnover differential. And I know you mentioned it a a little bit ago, uh, but the Browns do have the most giveaways in the NFL, 27, 12 fumbles, 15 interceptions this season and the bears. uh, And I know they had the, the struggles earlier on this season, uh, but so far, I mean, they have really turned that around and a big reason why I think the Bears have been winning these games, being close in Detroit. Like it's a theme here and it's one that I'm really starting to grab onto. Over the past three weeks, the Bears are plus 2.7 in the turnover differential, uh, which is the second best in the NFL over that time span. Uh, so if the Bears can continue, as you said, take care of that football, you know, it's a precious football. Don't give up that football. Hold on to that football. Uh, and also continue to be advantageous uh, on defense, whether it be the secondary and linebackers coming with interceptions. Uh, as I also said, 12 fumbles this year for this Browns team. So you can start punching at that football, ripping at that football. And the Bears do that a lot. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we'll see it on the turf a couple times here in this game. But if the Bears can get a few of those extra possessions, limit the Browns from getting a few of them themselves. And as we talked about a lot last week, capitalizing off of takeaways uh, would be a, a big one. But that could be a big reason why the bears win this game. And if they can't force takeaways and they turn that ball over, it could easily be a reason why they lose here in Cleveland. So for me, what could make or break this game? My X factor is going to be that turnover margin. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Will. um, if we see the Justin Fields bears offense that kind of started the year show up in this game, it, you know, that, that nice little two game winning streak that they have will definitely come to an end. All right, let's find out who has the edge. And Nick, you have the first pass this week. You have that Bears passing attack versus that Browns pass defense. Look, there are key guys that are missing in the secondary. And when you don't also, I'm, I don't know why I'm blanking on the the opposite edge rusher from um, the opposite edge rusher that's also going to be out this game because they have so many people. Okoronku. Ok- um, so many guys that are injured at this point that, that helps the bears. And I think they're going to hopefully build, I think they're going to almost have a similar game plan that they did against the Minnesota Vikings, but expand on it. So you're not seeing such a heavy screen emphasis. So I think there's going to be success there. And with that, I'm going to give this edge to the bears. Again, Justin Fields needs to identify these linebackers. Like I was talking about in the middle, see what they're doing. And, and that guy, miles Garrett too. So I'm with all that factored in there, I'm leaning towards the Bears in this one. Wow. Okay. Surprised, not overly surprised, but a little surprised. And I'm happy you mentioned Miles because if you didn't mention Miles, I was going to come right back to you and be like, hold on. (laughs) You remember what's going on over there? We talked about him earlier in this episode. He was one of my keys and you're still sure, but you already clarified that uh, for me. So that gets me excited. I have the Bears running attack versus that Brown to run defense. I'm going to give this one to the Bears. Uh, The Browns are allowing about 115 yards on the ground over the past three weeks on average. We know the Bears, this Bears team, when they want to, they can establish and stick with the running game. Uh, Delpit, I'll say it one more time, him being out really, really helps the Bears here uh, because if, you know, he's such a leading tackler and a good run defender in that box, the Bears can run the football. And if they run the football how I expect them to, they're going to use the run game to kind of take the wind 
out of the sails of that Browns defense and Miles Garrett uh, because they are very aggressive. Uh, they love to send extra blitzers, extra rushers, and they already have a premier pass rusher on your line of scrimmage already. So for the Bears, if they can establish a run, run towards Miles Garrett, get those outside runs uh, with you know the running backs, as you mentioned, Justin Fields being involved here. I feel very confident in the Bears' offensive line's ability. Uh, when I go across the board, there's maybe one position that stands out uh, that as one that I maybe wouldn't have a lot of confidence in. I'm sure people can figure that one out. Um, but four out of the five, I'm feeling very strong for. Uh, so I'm going to give this one over to the Bears. 2 0. 2 0, Will. 2 0. Uh, you got Browns running game versus that Bears run defense. I don't know what running game I'm going to take against the Bears at this point right now, Will. Like, they're the way that the Bears have been playing, um, how they're flying to the football, limiting explosive plays from running backs, uh, again, just making sure tackles. And, you know, Ford, Ford, the, the running back for the Browns, he, he did, does, he has done some good things this season, did some good mm-hmm. things last week. I'm still taking the Bears, Will. I think that they're going to make sure that that doesn't become a emphasis in this game for where they can exploit matchups from the bears. Like I think the linebackers are flying around. So mm-hmm. I, I'm taking the bears um, making this so far three and Oh, yeah, we're on a streak here and we can break out the broomsticks, Nick, cause I have the Browns pass attack bears pass defense. I, I'm going to give this one to the Chicago bears, Jalen Johnson, He's been in pure lockdown mode. He's earning that money. The pass rush, it's come alive a bit. Yanni Gout does hurt, uh, but as you said, and I put here uh, at this age of my notes, it's time for Demarcus Walker to step up. Same thing with Green and his opportunities. Uh, I don't know if that quick pass game will be problematic if the Bears floated the ball like we've seen them do lately, like it was one of my keys. When you're looking at just some fun stats here, Tyreek and Jalen Johnson have allowed about 50% completion rate right now when they're targeted since week 10. That's pretty damn good. And since week 10, when you combine the yards allowed from your two starting cornerbacks on the outside, you're still less than 100 total yards receiving surrendered. Uh, so I, that's that's a pretty strong number right there, too. So, And don't forget, Kyler Gordon's playing very strong in the slot. Of course, Brisker being out could be a blow, but I still think the Bears should have enough. So that is a clean sweep for the Bears, Nick. Who would have thought? What did we do last week, Will, for the last game against the Lions? It was 3-1. I okay. gave I gave the Brown, sorry, the Lions rushing attack the edge because of David Montgomery, and I thought he was going right. to have some of those really angry, explosive runs, and how the Lions ran against the Bears the previous time. I thought it would be effective enough, and the Bears said, nope, we're going to prove mm-hmm. you wrong, and they reinstilled even further confidence in their run defense, so good for them. Yeah, no, that that was a good, good, good uh, matchup for the Bears last week. And looks like how we're viewing it could be another good one on Sunday. Now, even though we gave them all the edges, does it mean that we have them winning this game? You're going to have to wait to find out. But we have one <laughs> final timeout to get into. And then the flip side, we're going to give you our predictions, bold predictions, MVB, who's going to win this game. Uh, but Nick, I'll pass it to you for a message from Goose Island. Yeah, as everyone knows, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988, and they have an all-time, all-pro beer roster, the Oktoberfest, Beer Hug Family, the 312 Weed Ale, the Full Pocket Pills, 
you know, it's the everyday beer what the brewers are drinking. And you can put in the com- comments right now what's your favorite beer. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the Oktoberfest after having that. It's a fantastic beer. But again, you can grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company. As you know, Chicago's beer. All right. Now, I don't know if you believe it, but I'm having a hard time believing that we're already this deep into the NFL season. And honestly, we have to make every second of this Bears playoff push count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day by betting on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Now, we're going to get into some over-under immediately after uh, this read, and so we'll give you some good lines here in just a moment. Uh, But right now, I want to make sure that you know how to get in any action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app right now. Use code CHGO. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with Coach CHGO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 or older, in, in most states, eligible states, but varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources, eligibility, and deposit restrictions to apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. All right, we'll do it. Nicholas Moriano here. That was just a DraftKings read, and we're going to open up that DraftKings app right now because it's time to play over-under, which is a game that we played last week, and I used a lot of what we put in this over-under, uh, and I think it was an eight-leg parlay, and I hit seven of the eight legs just because I thought T.J. Edwards would surely get more than five tackles by himself. But that's for me. That's a lesson for me to learn, I suppose, there, Nick. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, look, I would have done the same thing, putting TJ Edwards at the end there, like, ah, let me just add a little bit more money mm-hmm. to what I'm going to win. But, uh, you know, we, we live and learn, and now you're going to build the most elaborate money-winning parlay for this weekend, Will. I, I'm excited for you. Thanks. I appreciate it ahead of time. <laughs> uh, let's do some passing touchdowns here. Justin's line is actually 0.5. Over-under on that? Can we let's take the over? Let's take, I mean, uh, one, can, one, that's some all point. you need, right? That's all what about need. Joe Flacco? They have his line at 1.5. Does he get two plus? I know he had three last week. Going under, going under. Sorry, Joe. Ooh. Uh, pass plus rush yards, so total rushing and passing yards for fields. His line this week is over under 245.5. Mm, I was thinking around like 230. But because I'm feeling optimistic, I will go with uh, the over on this one. What about Amari Cooper at over under 55.5? Ooh, that's a good one. 55.5 for Amari. I think he is going to go under on that one, too. David Najoku over under 41.5. I'll give the over on Najoku. I think he's going to get a lot of targets like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Even if it takes 
you know, 45 catches. No, I'm kidding. That'd be crazy. <laughs> um, DJ Moore over under. He has the highest line of any receiver, 61.5 yards this week. Look, he didn't even have a, a catch in the first half last week against the, the Lions and end up over, I'm pretty sure, over that. Uh, I'm going to take the over. All right. And then we'll do Jerome Ford over under 42 and a half. Let's let's go over that. They like to use him in a bunch of different ways. So I'll, I'll take over. Okay. And then we'll do, let's do Justin Fields just for rushing. Just so that way people have that one over under 59 and a half on the ground for JF1. I think there's going to be opportunities. Well, if they blitz, I obviously didn't have um, as much last week, but I can see him going over 59 and a half. All right. Well, that's going to do it for over under. Hopefully you're playing along at home. I saw everyone here in the chat uh, that was playing. Uh, so I really appreciate uh, the participation uh, over here on our Friday afternoon. It's time to get into the prediction segment of our episode. And we always begin these with a bang and our bears bold predictions. I have a defending player. I don't know why I said it that way. A, a defensive player uh, for my bold prediction. Which side of the ball did you go on before we kind of start this off? Uh, bold. Well, technically I have two, Will. You did I'm your just, two? I, I did my two. Weird. Yeah. Wow. I did my one this week. I underachieved because you know how I go on this one. I didn't go like super. And I can't wait to hear all your imagery, uh, by the way, of how this is going to shake out. Uh, but mine is a make good game uh, by my guy, TJ Edwards, because <laughs> he owes me one. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to say he gets 10 plus tackles, one interception, one forced fumble uh, on the day. So big day for TJ Edwards incoming. Nick, what are your bold predictions for this game? Yeah, so my first one deals with Justin Fields, and there's been a lot of talk about the lack of roughing the passer calls, unnecessary roughness penalties. It's all documented. Um, Today, or not today, today I'm saying that on Sunday, he's going to get one of those calls finally. Hasn't gotten one all season long, so let's see um, after one of these Browns defenders tries to do a little bit extra Kevin Jenkins will have words with him afterwards, but also that yellow flag will finally be thrown in Justin Fields' favor. Um, that's my offensive bold prediction. But defense, I have Kyler Gordon getting a strip sack fumble, returning it for a score off of Joe Flacco. So just comes off that right edge again. There Joe's like, it won't do it again. Just beeline right to Joe Flacco, looking left. Amari Cooper doesn't get open because – well, Jalen Johnson's on him, and bam, hits him. Then he's going to scoop it up and do a little Spider-Man kind of celebration into the end zone. And, yeah, that's the that's the bold predictions for this week. I mean, that's e- I, I love him, by the way, but that was like an easy one for Kyler to, of course, if he's going to force a fumble, he's going to pick it up and run and score because of Kyler Gordon. He has the webs, right? So he can just run past the ball, fling the web, and suck it back up to his grip, and then just carry on, or maybe he can sling the football. Like the actual just Spider-Man video game style. And just, that's right. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun there. Uh, but that's a really good, bold prediction there, Nick. Let's get into our MVBs, our most valuable bears. That the MVB on, was that the State Farm commercials I'm noticing now? Is that where they're taking it? Have you seen uh, those yet? Yeah, I have. I'm like, uh, where's our money at? Like, we this has definitely been a staple here on our show, Will. Like, come For on. Years. Now. Yeah. Patrick. <laughs> like, most valuable. I was like, really? Like MVB is that's our terminology. Regardless, uh, mm-hmm. I'll go first here for the MVB. Uh, and I've had a real busy week uh, with a lot of other work. So I did my keys and my like 
picks for this earlier in the week. And I had Jaquan Brisker originally down for my MVP. And I will say, if he's healthy to play, I would still say he's a strong candidate uh, to be the most valuable bear here in this game. But since I'm unsure, I'm going to give an alternate MVP for this game. And I'll go offense this time. And that's going to be DJ Moore. And I know he has some tough matchups out there, especially with Emerson. Uh, you have Greg Newsom out there. Uh, and that's not going to be a cakewalk. But regardless, DJ Moore, he's going to have his targets. He's going to get his touches. And he's still going to maximize his chances with plays after the catch. And the ability to do that, regardless of who's guarding him, is why he's going to prove to be MVB worthy. That's what's going to make him valuable uh, by being able to overcome maybe matchups that other teams go up against. Like, oh, I don't know if I have a guy that can beat him. Well, we do. And his name is DJ Moore. And just a fun stat to kind of end it off with. Uh, and I thought it was interesting what I found out today. He is second in the NFL, DJ is, of catches of 30 or more yards only behind Tyreek Hill. DJ has been awesome this, this season. And you know, the stats say it just the eye test says it. So uh, I love that MVB where Wills. I'm going to go with a, a defensive player and you actually had him, you know, in your bold prediction, but TJ Edwards, I think there's a big opportunity for him to have a huge impact in this game. And, you know, we were talking about Njoku and how much of an impact he's had mm-hmm. for the Browns offense. TJ Edwards can be one of the many reasons why Njoku doesn't have that same impact on Sunday, but also, you know, he's going to be someone who's around the football, hopefully making more tackles in this game. And, you know, Jerome Ford, he's done some good things at the running back position for the Cleveland Browns, but TJ Edwards, he's been balling out, man. So I think by the end of it, we'll, we'll not only see his name a lot on the stat sheet, but also feel the impact plays that he makes on Sunday. One player for the Browns offensive line just to watch it is one of their starters, number 77 Teller. Uh, I think his ability to reach the second level uh, and to kind of like diminish linebackers and take them out of the play. Uh, it, it was very impressive uh, when I was watching it. So for TJ Edwards to have a good game, try to avoid that guy uh, at all costs possible uh, when they're trying to run that football. All right, let's find out who's going to win this game. Congratulations last week, too, by the way, Nick, on predicting the game right. Uh, As everyone knows, like I would have loved to, but I wanted the Bears to show me a little something uh, before I pick them. Uh, And that's why, Nick, I'm just going to do the thing. I have the Bears winning here this week. Uh, I finally came back, you know, to this side of things. Took a little while. I've been burned plenty of times before uh, and wanted to make sure that wasn't the case. And I feel confident this week. So I have Bears 20, Brown 16, and they get to 16 with one touchdown, three field goals. I uh, just want to let people know how we get there. Um, but for all the reasons that we talked about, and, and really the edge section, uh, I think maybe tipped our hands a little bit, but that's what this episode's for, uh, to give how we're really feeling uh, about these matchups. But if the Bears can play a clean game, the Browns love to turn the ball over. I feel like with the injuries on both sides of the ball for the Browns that the Bears could take advantage of, those are just like the big high-level reasons why I can expect the Bears to win. Justin Fields, I know he may not verbally say it, but I'm sure internally wants to go to Cleveland and play well considering how his first career start went there. So that's going to be a big, important game for him and his future. Uh, And for the Bears, right? Three straight wins for the first time since 2021. For the Bears continue this playoff push uh, that they're in, if they control their own destiny in a way in terms of like they can still stay in contention by winning. So if they want to continue to have a chance, 
next week. They have to win this week, one game at a time. And I think they're going to take this game not lightly, and they're going to come out on top. So Bears 20, Browns 16. I like it, Will. And look, the Bears can't run the table like Cole Komet has said a couple of weeks ago if they don't win this game. So I have the Bears winning that third straight game, and I have them winning pretty convincingly, 24-17. to 17. I just think when you're the Cleveland Browns, and look, I have all their injuries literally in front of me, and I'm still scrolling. That's going to catch know. up to you. I, and look, there are some really impactful players that are no longer going to be there and on this game on Sunday. And regardless, that's going to catch up. And with the Bears and how they've been playing, they, they, they're catching the Browns at a really good time, you guys. And again, you go back and watch Jacksonville last week. If the Bears are not making those same mistakes that the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is making, just leaving guys wide open for touchdowns. That is not happening with this Bears defense, even if Jaquan Brisker's not, you know, in the lineup. So I'm taking the Bears 24-17. I think the Bears are going to have a better just game plan in place for the pressure that the Browns will bring. It's going to be, a, I think it's going to be more efficient than what they showed on Monday night against Minnesota. I mean, the bar was set pretty low. So yeah. you definitely raise that there. But it's really about this Bears defense and what they've been doing lately, even without you know, Yannick and Gakwe, I still think they're going to be able to find ways to apply pressure. So Bears 24, Browns 17. All right, let's go three in a row. I saw some supers coming throughout the show that I think we should definitely throw up on the screen here. Missouri Mauler, Super Bowl bound. What I mean, hey, let's go. Eventually. And then another one for... <laughs> Eventually, Missouri Mahler again, another four ninety nine. Thank you so much. Not seeing many people factoring in the Browns losing two starting tackles going into this game and their predictions too. And I know this this came in before we got to that section, so I hope you're still here watching, listening, and like, hey, these guys accounted for it. Uh, so I hope you did uh, appreciate that. But it's a great point. I'm glad you had it on your notes as well. And then Nick, this one came from Gary. I don't know if you answered it in the chat, but he wants to know why the bears uh, won't put St. Brown and IR with a torn pack. Uh, that's actually curious. Like if it's um, obviously I don't think it's as significant to keep him out longer than four games, but I mean, a torn pack, like I don't think a lot of guys are just coming back and being effective uh, with torn pack, but good question, Gary, maybe we'll see some, some move made eventually on that. Cause yeah, I mean, St. Brown's been around in the locker room, but obviously yeah. hasn't done. Much. I mean, that's like, I mean, we had what Drill Freeman had that injury, and that took him a long yeah. time. And then, I mean, I watched wrestling, and Cody Rhodes had that same injury, and it was like a nine month recovery until he came back then. Yep. So four weeks. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's like Aaron Rodgers over here with that that Achilles, <laughs> you know, coming back on some miraculous time or anything like that. So it is a very peculiar situation. So it's a good question, Gary, for sure. And then we have one more here from the Duke 0811, a 49.99 super chat. Thank you, as always, to the Duke. Uh, PSA for those feuding over Justin Fields versus Caleb. I shouldn't have come up here to make Greg read this one because I know Greg would, is all about the quarterback talk right now. But who is more talented isn't a question. It's does Caleb plus the existing team plus existing draft picks make a better team than Justin Fields plus the existing team plus the Hall and the picks slash current player you get for the number one pick it's a it is a complex situation that we can't solve at the end of an episode right here and it's going to take us probably a half of an off season to and i'm not mm -hmm. going to say we're going to hit a consensus 
Uh, but to kind of wrap our heads around all of like the possibilities here, because there's a lot of possibilities, a lot of potential paths, and there's a, there's just so many different factors to weigh in. It's not a black and white situation. There's so much gray area uh, to take into account here that it's going to be fascinating to say the least. But right now, I'm I'm game focused one week at a time, just like this team. Uh, but I do appreciate the super chat and really just putting out the thought process. Yeah, real quickly, just to give my opinion on this, like, look, they're just like Will was saying, so many factors in this. Does a Justin Fields with a bunch of draft picks you're going to get give them a better chance to win? Maybe, but and look, to be completely honest, when we're in season, oh, I'm in season. Like, I'm not even looking at some of these these draft picks yet going really, really in depth. So we'll have all off season for that, you guys. And I am really looking forward to diving deep into everything that the bears can possibly do. But if you thought last off season was nuts, <laughs> this one takes it to a completely new level, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully you're here for CHO bears to soak it all in. Yeah. I don't want to upset our guy, Edward Elric, but I'm jumping in on this because this is our first game in December in three years since the bears even remotely have a shot to make the playoffs. Yes. Mm -hmm. They have to win out uh, for that to even be a realistic possibility. But at the end of the day, like I've been disappointed in a lot of bears fans and hey, fan, how you want a fan talk about what you want to talk about. Not saying that this conversation isn't fascinating. We've been talking about it for two months now, but we finally run into a week where they're legitimately putting us in the, in the hunt graphic. Yep. You can legitimately, there are scenarios, not just a couple. There's many scenarios that roll out ways the Bears can make the playoffs. And this week, all we want to talk about still is the quarterback dilemma that Ryan Pulse faces. We will get to that conversation. I just wish, I just, I would encourage Bears fans to embrace the game on Sunday. That's why this show today has been refreshing to hear the breakdown of how the Bears are going to beat the Browns and then have two home games here coming up. Uh, against the mm -hmm. Falcons and the Cardinals, two teams that are dome teams coming to the cold. I, this sets up nicely here in December for the Bears. And I just, I let's push the quarterback talk to the side. It'll be there. It's not going anywhere. Uh, so, you know, I appreciate you guys breaking down the game today. Now I'll go back in my hole. Well, I appreciate the the kind words there, Greg. Uh, and Leon, too, shares your sentiment. The Audible Show was so much fun to talk about when December football is important. And it's been, you know, Nick, in the eight years we've been podcasting about this team together, we've had two seasons, maybe three, where that's actually been a thing. Uh, so I'd never take it lightly. No, no, we can't, especially with this team, because winning doesn't happen very often. Hopefully that changes. And we, when December football matters, we're going to be just devoted to the, to that season until it plays out. So that's what you're getting here at, at CHGO bears. So again, tune in, hit that subscribe button, give us likes and enjoy the ride. Speaking of all the fun things, what's your confidence meter? I forgot to ask. And that's, uh, so I, I think the bears win, like I said, 24, 17, I'm putting it at like a 6.9. I knew it. As soon as you said the word six, <laughs> I, I knew the second digit. Uh, you, you could have, uh, I could have finished that sentence for you. I'm at around like a, like a five and a half to a six, uh, just because I'm not trying to overstep here. I'm trying to just methodically allow my confidence 
literally and figuratively for this actual segment uh, to be raised here uh, from this team. And, and they proved uh, to me a, a little something last week. And, and so I want to give them that credit. That's going to do it uh, for us here on this episode. Uh, thanks for Greg behind the scenes doing amazing work as always. Nick, I appreciate the time that you put into your prep for these episodes. Uh, I know it takes, you know, a lot of effort, a lot of, you know, dedication. Uh, and I definitely, it comes through uh, throughout the show. Uh, safe travels to Cleveland. Uh, enjoy looking at the stadium for the first time. Don't sleep uh, on the way. Don't snore and scare your Uber driver or however you're going to get to that stadium. Uh, but that's going to do it for here. Uh, us, we'll be back on Sunday, of course, uh, for our pregame, postgame. We, we have you covered. CSGO Bears is the place to be if you want you know, the best top-notch, in-depth, and consistent Chicago Bears coverage. But th- I'm going to call it for an episode. We'll see you on Sunday. Until then, bear down, Chicago. Love city like the mayor.